What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear. Of course, I'm here with Skip Hill and Andrew Berry. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. You could use our code THINK for some additional savings. I'm using their marshmallow treat, Team Skip Protein, right now. I like to use one scoop of that with one scoop of chocolate peanut butter cup. That's my jam. Of course, you can go, if you're in Canada, to uh, supplementsource.ca. Uh, I think I mentioned before, I saw a pre-workout there for like 15 bucks. So if you're strapped for cash and you're in Canada, definitely check them out. Of course, we're also brought to you by Patreon. And I'm working on getting a physique critique. I asked guys for a physique critique over there, but we do have a bunch of stuff, including a topic that we're gonna start the night out with. We're gonna talk about underrated shit in bodybuilding like underrated steroids underrated exercises and underrated supplements so i asked these guys to think of some underrated stuff and and i think exercise would be a good place to start <clears throat> out of all the gym equipment all the exercises we have guys um what would you say is it doesn't have to be the most underrated exercise either of you are welcome to start us out but what's one underrated exercise that you can think of that you'd like to add to our list? And we better not all come with the same one. <laughs> I know. We didn't cheat. I didn't talk to Andrew. Andrew didn't talk to me. I'll, I'll start off. I And hopefully this isn't like, ah, I knew you'd say that. But I think that the dumbbell pullover is highly underrated. <sighs> okay, thank you. Okay, cool. So that's yeah. not the one you chose. Awesome. No. I think it is highly underrated for, uh, well, obviously for bat, uh, which is kind of funny because, and I'm going to take a little, take a little shot at Jay Cutler, but I, he had always considered the dumbbell pullover a chest exercise, and I'm like, oh, Jay, that's not a oh, chest exercise. What are you I got the pictures. About? Sorry, and I got the pictures. We got the physique critique <laughs> pictures, and it's hard to argue with a, you know multi Mr. Olympia when it comes to where he feels an exercise. So listen, if you believe Jay and you think it's a chest exercise, you go for it. I'm not calling out Jay. I'm just saying it's a back exercise <laughs> or it should be with the proper mechanics. Well, I think you can torque it a little bit to get a little bit more chest activation. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. sure. um, yeah. I mean, we all read probably the Arnold, you know, uh, Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding over the years, you know, in some cases, 40, 50 years ago for you, Skip. But uh, <laughs> I do think, I think we all remember um, him talking about, you know, doing like the pullovers for his chest and rib cage in particular. Right. Um, in between like sets of other back exercises or in between other sets of chest exercises. I think he did them on both days, if, if, I, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if he was the one who did this, but there was also the um, breathing squats supersetted with pullovers for rib cage for rib cage uh, size as well, and that was brutal. I don't know if you ever did breathing squats, but holy fucking shit! A couple times, Oosh. Like two or a couple times, two or three, two or three in your life, two or three. It took yeah. my regular squat <laughs> poundages up when I was a teenager. Yeah, it yeah. took them. Yeah, it helped to really build them because that breathing for those you had to use lighter. Um, yep. You know, lighter weights, of course, but it helped with the breathing, which in turn allowed you to take your regular sets of squats much further. Oh, yeah. Was, when you get that cardio good. up, you don't ever fail because you're because your cardio is down at the yep. end of a heavy set. Right. So you're still yep. you fail because the muscle fails then. Yep. I like that. Andrew, <clears throat> what you got for us? Underrated exercise. 
this is way more general than I think I, I'm realizing than I think you guys or you or you Scott were expecting. But I'm gonna go with walking because, and here's why: because I see so many bodybuilders that do jack shit all day okay. and have to do so much more cardio to counteract because of that, especially during their preps, especially prep people, you know, or people that work desk jobs, you know? Uh, I mean, if I didn't plan my walking, I would get 2000 maybe steps a day. And that's including the gym. I don't know about you guys because Mm -hmm. I get up in the morning, you know, if if not going for a walk, I would get up in the morning, go right to the computer, get my meals in, back to the computer, get my meals in, let the dog out. What's that? 50 steps, you know? Yeah. but I do think, you know, just the benefits and not just the benefits from your NEAT, your, your non-exercise energy thermogenesis, but also the digestive benefits you get. Yes. Um, yeah. The blood sugar benefits you get for helping to lower your blood sugar. I know uh, Stan Efferding does a lot of talking about this with his vertical diet. Um, I just think collectively as a whole, oh, appetite too. I mean, just, just that non-exercise. And the reason why it's such a great exercise is because it's so low intensity. Right. No one is going to be overtrained from walking unless they're walking up Mount Kilimanjaro or something. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's it, and I think a lot of us it's it's so basic. It kind of hits you in the face, but it's so overlooked. And that's kind of why I went with this. I think it's a good one. Initially, when you said walking, I was like, oh, that sucks. But now that you now that you explained it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's a good one, man. And I could I, I found now that you mention it. um, I started walking with Victoria in the evenings for longer walks and we've been mm-hmm. done we've been doing like 45 minute walks in the evening with the dog and um and I've noticed that I've gotten leaner fast you know yep. from going from low cardio to that it's it's definitely making a difference Mm-hmm. I think it depends on your total activity too. I always use the example of an ER nurse who's working twelve-hour shifts. Right. If you're on your She's feet all the time, you go do an hour-long walk. It isn't going to matter. But guys like us who aren't doing very much, yeah. I do ten thousand steps every day. And I most people would consider that cardio. I don't consider it cardio because I no. and I explain this in my coach log. I'm a nose breather. If I'm breathing through my mouth, I'm moving too quick. So I take yep. my ten thousand steps. I consider that neat. I go for a walk. Yep. I take my fucking time. I do it out in the sun, and that. That's my cardio uh, for the day. And just like you said, it's not taxing on my CNS. It doesn't get in the way of my leg training in any way. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I go in and do legs and go, oh, my God, my legs are absolutely fucking destroyed. But I do it every day. And it is working incredibly well because I'm so goddamn sedimentary. Sedimentary. I just said sedimentary. (laughs) You're the vocab That's guy awesome. too. Yeah, right. I know, right? We're gonna have to tell. We're gonna have to send this clip to his vocab people. I'm not even gonna correct it. I'm just going with sedimentary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll even add to like you know if you have super sore legs or even a sore yeah, back or yeah. other body, it helps loosen you back up. It and sure then, does. So you're, yeah. yeah, I mean, for us, we get up in the morning and we take the dog for about a 30 minute walk. I do two 10 minute walks throughout the day, you know, in between meals. And then, you know, I take laps around the gym just to get extra steps in while we're warming up or in between sets. And that helps me get my, you know, nine, 10,000 steps in. And honestly, I, could, I just feel better. I'm moving better. Yeah. Even when I'm sleeping, I feel more comfortable. And so it's I do not think just that's us. We can all do. It's not just us anymore. Like, you know, it used to be just yeah. like us prep coaches that are working from home. Like there are so many people working from home now, you right. know? Yep. Yeah. Yep. That was a good and, one. And I was joking, point, by the way. I didn't think it was a, a bad <laughs> one. I was joking. No, I know. To, to that point, though, you know, what really made me think about it was when they started sending everybody home from work. And mm. I'm like, okay, people, even just the act of getting in your car, 
driving to the office, getting Absolutely. out of the car, walking to work, having to walk to the water fountain, like mm-hmm. all those things that what people were doing that I think are substantially gone down because everybody seems to work from home now. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I think everyone, they have to plan it in. So I went with more of a real exercise, like, you know, that we would, that we were thinking, like thinking of things in the gym and I'm going to say leg press. Subtle jab. Yeah. Subtle <laughs> I went with a, like a true exercise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I went with leg press because I feel like um, when we think of legs, uh, I, my first thought of like, what's hardcore? Like, when we think of legs, we think of like, what's hardcore? And then we think of like, right now, hack squats are so popular. Pendulum squats are so popular. Of course, squat squats are always so popular. You can't grow your legs without squats, bro. Well, guess what? You can do leg press no matter what. I don't care what state of life you're in. If your knees work and your, you know, your hips work, you can find, you can, you can make a leg press work. And I, I found that dealing with various low back injuries before I had figured that out off and on for years, no matter what, I could always at least still do leg press. So it might not be like the sexiest machine in the world, but it was one that I could always do. And it always was there for me. So for that reason, I picked the leg press. I don't think it's even underrated, honestly. Yeah. I I well, okay, let's put it this way. I don't think so either. What a well, shit. Well, you know, <laughs> well, no, here's why. Here's why. If you're north of like 32, the leg press is probably one of the first exercise, like your first prime exercises you're doing because you want to kind of pre-fatigue before you go and do the squats or the hack squats mm. so you don't fuck your back up even more or your knee up even more in Skip's case or, or whatnot. And then yeah, if you're younger, shot, then <laughs> left and right, man. Yeah, that was nice to you. I don't know why you're taking a shot. At me. But then I guess I guess it's underrated if you're younger than 30 because none of the TikTok kids squat anymore. So oh yeah, yeah okay, yeah. I can buy that. I can buy it. Yeah, I I just feel like when you think of like a hardcore leg exercise, um, you know, you, you think of other things. Like you think of like, I need myself like an arsenal pendulum or, you know, something I need, I need some, fa- I need like a, a, a Cybex hack squat or, you know, something like that. That's what I think I think of when I think of like hardcore leg training and don't get me wrong. I love those machines, but the leg press is kind of like that middle of the road. Like my mom can do leg press, you know? <laughs> so anyway, that was that was our uh, that was our underrated exercises. We've got a couple more for you guys. Uh, let's let's leave underrated steroid for last because that's like you know, if we do underrated supplement last, that's kind of a letdown, I think. So let's do underrated supplement next, then underrated steroid after that. Boswellia. What does that do? Boswellia. Yeah, I'm gonna eat a protein bar. It, by it's, the way. It, it's funny because. When I had my knee problems, I went back to using it and I, and it helped. It didn't cure anything or anything like that, but I went back to using it after I hadn't for a few years. But it's one of those supplements that I think it's great for joints, primarily for me, for my knees. Anytime I would have any type of my knees would get stiff or achy, I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Damn, I haven't been taking Boswell for three or four months. Put it back in inside of a few weeks. It's, it's literally like it's gone. I think it's one of the few supplements for me that I, I can literally feel the difference when I'm taking it versus when I'm not. And with OTC supplements, you don't usually, you don't get that. You don't, you don't notice. You just take it because I call them insurance 
supplements. Yeah. You take them because on paper they, they're they supposed to work and they're going to work. And maybe you see a little bit of change in your blood markers. Maybe you don't, but they're supposed to work. So you take them and they're not very expensive. With the Boswellia, for myself, that's the one that stands out for me that is always – I've always been able to tell when I'm using it and when I'm not. And it's funny because somebody might think, well, then why, why do you ever run out? You run out because you just, you run out and you go, Oh, you know, I've got three or four weeks. It's not, my knees feel good. And then you just don't realize it. And they start to slowly ache again. Are you like me, Skip, where, um, if you're in a prep situation or you're like just super locked in, like right now, you're like, you're getting tighter every time I see any of your Instagram posts, you're dialed in with your diet, you're dialed in with your training. During this time period, are you taking every supplement that you can think of written out on your plan, like at the time that you want to take them versus I can say off season, you know, you're, let's say you're a year before between shows or something like that. You're like, yeah, my fish oil sitting there. I'll take it tomorrow. I just don't feel like getting yeah. off the couch. You know, you know yeah. what I mean? Where, and, and, and I, cause I can relate to that same uh, mindset of, of uh, I have all this stuff. Why don't I just take it? It's like, sometimes it's just, I'm too lazy to get off the couch and, or I'm not going to get out of bed to go back downstairs and grab my second serving of red yeast rice or right. whatever it might be. So I can yeah. relate to that for sure. Yeah. Um, my underrated supplement, which I think it's, I would say it was under, very underrated five years ago, but I think you're seeing it more and more in supplement preparations is uh, ashwagandha, uh, particularly KSM 66 or some of the newer ones like Shodan. Um, but, and we're not talking about the ashwagandha root powder because you got to take a shit ton of that to get the same effect. We're talking about the, the patented forms that have been clinically studied to, uh, have results on the adrenals. And, and specifically for me, when I know somebody's overstressed, when, whether it's, you know, we're really pushing hard to get them in shape or, you know, they have external stressors, whether it's work, kids, relationship, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I find that throwing some fairly high doses of KSM or another ashwagandha preparation in there can help get the scale moving again, can help get mm. it back on track, especially coupled with um, some deloading or even a few days, de- just a few days of rest. You know, I can think of very particular situations, especially with women where, you know, they're, we're really pushing them to get just to that. They're almost in shape. They're not there yet. We're pushing double cardio sessions and cycling their carbs and calories. And, and then I get to a point where I'm like, okay, I tried all these tricks. Now let's actually do the opposite. Let's pull some back and let's load them up with ashwagandha. And usually I'll do something like a thousand milligrams of KSM 66, three times a day. And that usually helps get them sleeping better at night. Uh, they start to feel pumps in the gym again. They're sleeping. They're they, they just start and they start to you start to see the scale moving again. Nice. Uh, huh. I gotta find another sorry. version of it. I've tried it a couple times and get this. I get anxiety from ashwagandha, the KSM version. I don't know why. Have you tried, have you tried sensoral? Is that a different version of it? So yeah, there's three patented ones that are good. Um, KSM 66, Sensoral, yeah. and uh, I believe the other one's called Shodan, which you're okay. seeing more and more in products these days. Yeah, I was. That's what I was told. I talked to uh, Prady, a guy. He had a company called Azoth. It was a new. new you remember Azoth, oh, yeah. Skip? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and he had told me that there were other versions that may be beneficial. But it's weird, man. I don't know of anybody else. Actually, I think one other person that that's gotten that. Have you guys heard of that before? Getting anxiety from ashwagandha. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
I think I used to know why, too. I can't remember. <laughs> it's not bad, but it's just kind of like it's an uncomfortable, you know, it's the opposite of what I would want, basically, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I've never, but I, I hadn't thought about that because I guess here's the thing I'm thinking is because of the experience I've had, I haven't really ever used it with clients because I've written it off for myself. And yeah. so it's it's interesting what you're saying, and it makes total sense from what it does that you could get almost like a stress relief benefit and better fat loss from somebody. It's mm-hmm. cool. Just real quick on the, the root versus the three patented versions. How dramatic is the, the lack of effectiveness as far as dosing? I mean, are we talking like five times over or... Uh, I mean, it depends on the uh, preparation. I can't remember exactly what the extract of KSM 66 is, but I think it's more like 100 to 1 or something oh, in that so range. So it's very yeah. substantial. Okay. Yeah. Like, because when people will say, oh, I'm taking my, my, my ashwagandha you told me to take, I'm like, are you taking the KSM 66 patent? They're like, well, I think so. I'm like, it'll say it right on the back like you gotta let me see that and they'll take a picture of the product and they just have you know ashwagandha root not any extract preparation so and and they won't and the reason why we're asking those questions because they're not seeing any results from it so hmm. right yeah. all right i guess so i was on the fence with two different supplements and one of them it was underrated by me for the longest time and that was L-carnitine, not underrated by everybody, but underrated by me. And I never wanted to use the injectable version because it only came in 200 milligrams per milliliter for the longest time. And I was like, I'm not taking no three cc's of that stuff every day. And I heard it was painful. Um, but now that I've used it, I found that that works really well. Like for me, I get a lot of benefit, including like cognitive benefit, amino asylum, use our code think. And um, the other one was... Uh, um, uh, electrolytes like I used to always just think like yeah now you just add some sea salt to it you're good bro mm-hmm. and I and I found though I've noticed a difference that I wish if there's one thing I could do it would be go back and um it would be go back to the times when I did work for the pop company and I had to like bust ass all day sweat 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 you know drink gallons of water then go to the gym drained I wish I had used an actual balanced electrolyte product that would have gotten everything back in my system. Cause now when I am a little drained and I use an electrolyte, I can still go like full bore at the gym, which is crazy to me. In fact, I went to the shooting match this past weekend and it was like 90 something degrees, just bright sun all day long. Like all day. It was like, I just had water on my sweat on my face to the point where you could just like wipe it off constantly. And uh, Victoria remembered to pack me. She packed me a little lunch, actually. It was very sweet of her. And she packed me a bottle of electrolytes. And uh, and I was feeling kind of run down, and I drank that. And I literally like came back to 100% again. So I don't know. I used to always did just you hear the Rocky that. theme when you were drinking it? I'm just curious. I don't know that you did, but. Eye of the Tiger? Yeah. Uh yes, actually I did. I did. Just right. it's like I thought just you were smirking at the, uh, the, the lunch background. comment, Skip. Like, I was definitely like smirking at the lunch. They're still at that stage where oh, <laughs> it was nice. And yeah, I, it's and so cute. Your favorite, I packed your favorite flavor ice drink too. Yeah. And then and then when I came home, guess what? It was Sunday, 
and she made me zucchini bread, which is my favorite. So we, I, I came home to zucchini bread too. So it was, it was, it was a nice day. I'm going to take advantage you're, of as long as I can. Yeah, you're, you know, you're being. I don't blame you. Yeah, you guys still <laughs> like each other. Ride it, ride it as long as you can ride it. I seriously, I hope that we can keep that. You know what I mean? And, and we do yeah. try to put work into it to, you know, yeah. to try to keep our communication open and stuff. And you know, I mean, but we are. I understand it's the honeymoon phase still, but we're yeah. we're doing good. We're doing good. Cool. Anyway, you worked for the for the pop yeah. company. Were you drinking soda like nonstop all day? No, and if I did, I would go out of my way to drink Coke because I worked for a competitive company, and I was uh, a really good employee. And they said that if you drink other products, that you'd be fired on the spot. And I was too good to get fired. Number one, and number two, they somebody else would have to do my job, and it would probably be the person who fired me. So <laughs> this is like later after I was pretty much coaching full time too. Yeah. I'd be like, hey, well, what's up? Crack open a monster. <laughs> well, the only reason I bring that up is because I used to have like a Diet Mountain Dew addiction. I'm talking. Oh, yeah. It would be nothing to do a two liter. I did drink a lot of I did drink a lot of pot back then, actually. Yeah. OK, so the carbonation will leach magnesium yep. out and phosphorus out of your muscle tissue. No so shit. if you ever notice when you drank a shit ton of soda days hmm. on an end, You'll get like these little tremors, like little cramp. No, they're not full cramps. They're almost like the clen uh, little particulations that, like, like mm-hmm. my eye right here would just go nonstop, or my shoulder. No kidding, it's a little like, spasm or something. Yeah. And I started huh. thinking about this. I'm like, what am I doing that's causing this? And then I'm like, I drink a shitload of Diet Mountain Dew, and I started doing more research, and it's like carbonation will pull. Maybe it's the gallon of Diet out. Mountain Dew I'm drinking. No, no it couldn't be. Listen, couldn't it's be. Not Listen, I, I consider Diet Mountain Dew water at that point. Like, oh man, I even I was growing a pot plant at the same time in my house, and I didn't give it any water. I gave it nothing but DND. You're kidding this me. Fucker, this fucker grew like I mean, there's something special in there. It was a secret there's to like weed. Growth, there's like growth hormone. It's, it's something special. <laughs> Matt Blevins works for a pop company. He said, I actually had to fire someone for that last week. Now, let me ask you something, Matt. Did you have to do his job after that? Because 7-Up was so damn cheap that they didn't have enough people that the guy who fired me would have to do my job. So that's funny. Nobody works today. You notice that? Like, you go into a restaurant. No, no. There's, like, two people working when there's normally seven. Or, you know, you're waiting in line for something three times as long as you used to. Because a lot of businesses in my area, at least, are shut down. Restaurants (laughs) are closing down. He did. He had to do his job. Yeah, it's terrible, dude. Yeah. Like, I just, uh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Um, I've heard that, like, if you ever drive by, like, the fast food restaurants, the they yeah. uh the the lines outside are a mile long um yeah. in fact when victoria and i were going somewhere like a big trip chicago i needed to get something to eat on the way so i was going to like pull into a fast food restaurant and and i did and the inside was closed so i was like fuck this yeah. i'm just going to go to the next one cuz there's one next door guess what the in, the whole thing was closed yeah. they're like oh, we didn't have any yeah. employees so no yeah. it's messed up okay we got one more, guys. The uh, underrated steroids. So this is going to be the, the big one. The most underrated steroid ever. We want to learn your secrets, guys. I don't know if I'm going to impress anybody with mine, but I, I'm going with Mastron. Not only do I think it's underrated for TRT, but I also just think in general, I think Mastron is viewed more like, well, it's a, it's a prep, you know, last leg of the prep. Not, not anymore. But, you know, it's just, it's so good 
that I'm to the point where I think, why would I want to take testosterone without Masteron? <laughs> you're decreasing SHBG, which is increasing free testosterone. You're just making your testosterone that much more effective, no matter when you take it. And I just think it's a, I think it's underrated. I think that's why I'm going with it. I ran through all the other compounds I could think of, and I'm like, you know what? I'm, I, Masteron is the only one I can think of that I think, I do, I think it's a little bit under, TRT uh, as an example. I have a lot of clients and myself included that when I run TRT, I run it as an, as an example, 100 milligrams of testosterone with 50 milligrams of Masteron twice a week. And it, and it's working really well, not only for myself, I'm not TRT right now for the record, so I don't want to give the implication <laughs> that I'm TRT. because I get They might think you have good genetics then. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, but also for clients, too. So now, if there's any negatives, I haven't seen them yet, <laughs> either with myself or with clients. But Cholesterol. Like, That'd be the thing, I think, with, with DHTs, right? It could be, but it's still a relatively low dose of, of Masteron, too. I mean, at least from a TRT standpoint. Yeah. Um, but over time, we may see something. I may see something like that. have not seen it yet. Probably been doing... Well, Doing it um, with some clients for mm, 8, 10, 12 months, something like that. And people, guys on TRT seem to love it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was going to say the cholesterol comment. I mean, we could almost apply that to any PED at this point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's I think it's better to use. What's the end? I think, though, the DHTs have always been a lot rougher on cholesterol than, say, just testosterone. More so than using more so than adding an AI instead of Masteron? Well, if you're on a TRT, though, you shouldn't really need a lot of AI, would be my thought. You, sh you shouldn't. But but let's say, I'm well, I do know there's there's some doctors that, I think they over-prescribe it, but I have- Well, the TRT clinics will almost always yes. Yes. prescribe, I said subscribe, it's, it's just a not a good day for my words. We'll pull that clip it's for always a Skip's group too. Yeah, it's always a Remedex. And, and sometimes I, I see, you know, clients will come to me, even people in the gym, they're like, hey, this is what I was told. What do you think? I'm yeah. like, Jesus Christ, like they just yeah. put you on that amount of Remedex? And yeah, sometimes here. you got to be really careful with these TRT clinics. They're just trying to sell you shit. And half the time they're trying to sell you their own line of shit on top of it for health support. Yes. And it's like, you don't need this. You don't need that. You don't need that. They're just fucking milking you for money. Jesus. What gets me are the secretagogues. Like, they want to, like, you, you know what? You re really could use a bump in your growth hormone. We could give you these peptides at $300 a month. Yeah. You know, they're not going to sell you GH because that would cost them, you know, you're not going to. You're not going to sign on for that, but you might get a little GHRP or whatever, CJC or something, you know, Hexarelin or something, IPAM. You might get that for a few hundred dollars a month and, you know, it's not really worth it. But you that. could go to AminoAsylum.com. Boom. Use our code THINK. That's true. <laughs> Um, but I, I agree, though, I, I, on the on the Masteron thing. I, I do want to say I'm not against it, but when it is such a popular thing right now, it, it, it is the only thing I would argue because it's also mine skip I would say it's not overrated it's I think one of the most highly rated compounds right now the Masteron? yeah I think everybody yeah. it Masteron and Primo both are like the hip hip thing at the moment well I think because about three to four years ago maybe a little bit longer I think I've been doing it a little longer but 
there was a movement to take your TRT and do TRT plus where 150, 200 megs of test a week and add in, you know, somewhere between 50 and 200 or 300 milligrams of either primobolin or Masteron with it, get great results, not see detrimental effects on your blood work and basically continue to do that cycle continually. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, and then I don't know how you guys do it, but well, you know, I got a lot of guys that are on TRT and, but they want to do a little extra, right? So they want to be able to blast, but they want to be able to get their benefits with the TRT. When, so, so they have to um, go to the doctors at least once a year, get their blood work done. So we always have to time their, either their injections if they're on cycle or time their cycles around when they're going back to that doctor so that the doctor's not, wait a minute, yeah. you're sitting here at 1600 nanograms <laughs> per deciliter and you're on 200 megs of test. What's going on here? Did you accidentally, you know? So, um, but I, I think we're all kind of around the same line here. I, I thought one of you was going to say Masteron, so I didn't put it on. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but on the same note, similar note, I'm going the Mysterolone, uh, Proviron. I do think really? that's an underrated drug. And that's, I like it. Yeah, I like yeah, I, Did, I, It enhances the effects of testosterone. Um, I mean, I think you're going to see a big difference if you start adding it in at four weeks out. Now, obviously, you're getting leaner, but I think the hardness and that graininess that you see. Well, I'll give you an example. The Meadows Grain Train, That's that, a lot of that came from Proviron. Oh, um, no kidding. Oh yeah, you know you start at you twenty five migs at four weeks out. You bump to fifty at three weeks out. You bump to seventy five at th- uh, one week out, and then you go full hundred that final week. Um, That's weird. It started lightning and thundering, but there's no clouds in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's mad. <laughs> now. With that said, though, he was already the grainiest person that ever started a prep of all time. I mean, yeah, no shit. Right. Um, the only problem I think there is with it, and why you got to bring the dose up, is uh, the bioavailability of it is somewhere in three to five percent. And I'm wondering why someone hasn't made an injectable form. And I'm sure someone has that I just don't know about it. I haven't seen it. No one's offered it to me. But I was wondering if you could get by with taking less with an injectable version of it. Hmm. That's just me. And here's what I'd always said, because do you guys remember like 10 plus years ago, Proviron back then was more popular. It was at uh, least on with, cycle. Yeah. It, yeah. People I, were taking it. Yeah. And and I had always said like, ah, because I was cheap too. Like I didn't have the money because it would be expensive to run a bunch of pro. Like if they came in 25 milligram tablets and somebody's like run 100 a day. And I'm like, oh, but I just have this little glass bottle of 20 pills and I paid a lot of money for it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how am I supposed to do that? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to run master on because that's going to free up test. It's going to get yeah. me hard. It's going to do a lot of that same, you know, it's going to do a lot of that same it's stuff. Stupid. So that was that was my theory back then. So I'd always been like, eh, screw it. I'll just go with Masteron. Yeah. So I, I use Proviron a lot of times with people just on TRT for very mm. similar effects to the Masteron. Yeah. It's a good as, compound. As well as compost, bro. Yeah, it's a good compound. I like it too. I like I like that. I like Masteron. I liked I liked our underrated steroids. All right. We've got a few listener questions. We also have a physique critique. So let me see if I can we'll pull this up. I don't know if she wants me to say her name. Thank you. I'll say I'll call her L. How about that? Um, she is one of our people from Patreon. I believe she said, let me see. Hold on just a second because I want to see if I can. She said, um, I believe that 
She said, I just won my first comp and would love a physique critique if you guys have the time. Um, we're putting my off-season together, hoping to grow enough to head to nationals. Um, I've been listening to you guys from the beginning. Uh, no kidding, when it was still advices, by the way. Love all the shows. So shout out to L in that case. And let me see if I can just drag these pictures in. There we go. We got a front shot. I've got some more here. I'll start out with this one and this one. And then I think I might have I've got a couple more in here, but I think this is probably a decent place to start. I'll leave these up here. Mm -hmm. My first, I mean, if she's doing nationals this year, my first um, I think she's is conditioning. Was it this year? I thought she said next year. She, I think she said they're starting their they're starting their off season now. Okay. She just competed, just won her first show. Um, oh wait, hoping to grow enough to head to nationals. So she doesn't really have a lot of time to grow for nationals yeah. and diet again. Yeah. So that's why I was saying like I would just go for conditioning at this point. Um, I'm sure she's probably taking a little bit of break from compounds, whatnot, if she's using them to um you know try to have be healthy for that you know last eight week push but i would really try to push the conditioning she's got a great frame um it, for, for this year i'm you know because if it is nationals this year that there's really not a lot of time to make improvements they, yeah yeah but i would say um you know let's say let's just assume she's going to do nationals next year and she's going into the off season would that make more sense that's what i, I would like give her I, I would hope that's what she's thinking okay I mean, well, what's figure? Figure is all about V taper, quad sweep, wide shoulders. So I think more of those things is going to help her out more than anything. Um, I think deltoids in particular, especially from the back. Um, and I think a few posing tweaks would actually. Um, That's where I was going to go. Yeah. I, I'm wondering yeah. if you're thinking the same thing because I'm thinking glutes. Yeah. Yeah. There yep, needs the to be rotation inward from the back yes. with the glutes yeah mm, for sure yes. and it would make a huge dramatic difference can you explain yes. what you mean by that skip rotation yeah it's from difficult the... without yeah like That's showing going, it right basically what i want to do is i want to and i'm going to say this as professionally as i can i want to if i was standing behind her i would want to grab the sides of her glutes and push them in which is forcing that i don't know if that's an external rotation but there needs to be the glutes need to be pulled in together essentially like yeah. she's trying to hold a pencil in the crack of her ass long ways up and down without it falling okay okay without, without overly flexing it yeah yeah it, it really just looks like it's just too it's almost like and, and it, i can't see it with her knees because her toes are pointed out but there just needs to be a a lockdown of trying to hold that pencil in the crack of her ass i don't know how else, how else to explain it it would bring the hips in and it would bring the glutes in and it would give a much better especially because her back her shoulder to waist ratio isn't terribly dramatic and would help that tremendously mm -hmm. i would even go to you know looking up a little bit further in that back shot i think she needs to roll her shoulders forward just a little bit yep. yeah, and i can see that a little bit of retraction there's, there's a little bit of retraction yeah and, and i think to solve maybe the glute <clears throat> problem if she just tried this to stand up as straight as possible that might actually help out with the glutes hmm. it might yeah it might 
There's a little bit to play with there, though, as far as yeah. the posting, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Here's another wacky idea, just to throw something out there. I wonder what she would look like in wellness posing. Hmm. Well, she had these yeah. shots. Hold on a second. See if you can get a maybe a better idea with something like this. Man, yeah, you might. Yeah, she's got a great physique. Don't get me wrong. That's not. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm just, yeah, I'm trying to figure out where where she would best fit in a division. But you know, if she's if she's set on figure, I think the posing is the biggest thing that could help her um, place well at nationals. That and just getting a little bit more conditioned. Yep. Yeah. I mean, she has a lot of time. If she's going to compete next year, I mean, that would be because I I just assumed that when she said they were going into their off season because Nationals is going to be just in a few months now. So you really wouldn't have the chance to grow. No, but some of that posing would could make pretty yeah. dramatic changes. Like she, I think. She, she could go and do well at Nationals. I um, was thinking maybe posing too. Tweak. Yeah. yeah. Posing tweaks and conditioning, I think those two things right there would really – you know, I mean, figure's a wacky division. You know, I think it's one of the most genetically gifted ones because you can't be someone with a wide waist. That You're not going to win your pro card with a wide waist. It's unless there's two girls in a class, but that's rare. You know, like if you look, if you look at the Olympians, right? You look at Sydney, you look at um, some of the other girls that have won the Olympian. They, they look, I, I, I call them, they look like insects. Like, you have what I'm saying? Like, they look like ants almost. Like, mm -hmm. with just the smallest joint structure, yeah. the smallest <laughs> weight. It wows my mind when you see some of these girls up close. It, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. It's Incredible actually a pretty good though. analogy, though, to the insect because you have the big yes. segments of the yes. body with the little tiny connections yes. in between. I hadn't thought of that. That's pretty good. I've said that a few times, and people are like, oh, my God, I see it. Like, I see what yeah. you're saying, you know? You know who I always yeah. thought that about was Shanique Grant. She always looked yes. like a praying mantis to me. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's go into some listener questions and shout out to you, Al, for winning your show. Um, yes. All right, this is another Patreon guy. So I just had a conversation with him because I saw his name here and I was like, where are you from, man? So he's from Bulgaria. And uh, I was like, dude, what's the gym? What are the gyms like there? What's the bodybuilding like? Um, he uh, He's a client of Matt Jansen's, serious dude. You know, from what I could see in his avatar picture, looks like he's got a lot of muscle. Uh, he said the bodybuilding scene isn't like super big there, but over the like the recent years, there have been more people that are getting involved as recreational bodybuilders. And he said a lot of the, the smaller towns don't have good gyms, a lot of homemade fabricated equipment. And then you'll get into like some chain gyms if you go to the the bigger cities, but. Yeah, just shout out to him and shout out to Bulgaria. So anyway, he says, hey, guys, uh, awesome information. My question, uh, what do you guys think we should do when we are sticking to progressive overload, but the weights are starting to become very risky? Big chance for injuries. For example, I am close now to five plates Smith machine squat with a 3-1-0 tempo. And it is starting to become scary. Should I switch the movement or to mentally prepare myself that I can die? <laughs> well, what are the rep ranges? I'm just curious because I don't know if they're high. You know what? Help me out here because, and I don't want to sound stupid, but it may sound that. What is a 310 tempo? What? One, two, three, pause, explode. So, okay, like so one, the one is a two, pause? Three, it's a one second pause in a hole. 
Okay, so, all right. All three, right. That, three that temple was always one. in three numbers. I mean, I've never seen. No, I, it's. I think it's more from a strength coach thing, like on the, um, um, you know, like a CSCS would would write things that way. Gotcha. Okay. It's certified right. strength conditioning specialist. Yeah. Okay. Um, so his his question is, what would we suggest he do as he gets to the upper limits of his strength with weights that are heavy and could potentially hurt himself? I mean you're not going to be able to train if you hurt yourself. So, you know, I think we go back to a previous episode where I like to find things to do with exercises that I like that hit my target tissue, but, but make them harder still. Yep. So exactly. maybe in his case, he drops down to four plates and he starts back going five second negatives with a one second pause, mm-hmm. or he does something where um, this, this one might be interesting, but where he does, and Dante told me not to do this like 20 years ago, but I was rest pausing squats uh, because <laughs> I just you were that guy. <laughs> I was the guy that yes, but, I like it. Though. And I knew you're I knew you weren't supposed to, but I wanted to try it. Okay, mm-hmm. now I wasn't rest pausing regular squats. I was rest pausing Smith squats because I felt you know they're safer. They're, there's a level sure. of safety built in there. Yeah. If something's going wrong, you just turn, turn your hands. Yeah, you're my advice dump it. might be. I mean, now we call them cluster sets, right? Hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, the rest pause sets, cluster sets are very similar nomenclature and, 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 you know, a few words are a little different, but I say maybe switch to like a cluster set type approach with this and see if you can beat your total reps that you can get right now. But on that first set, I would save one or two reps uh, from failure, one, one or two reps shy of failure. So if you can get 10 reps with, let's say five plates, just to throw some numbers out there, get eight reps, rack it 20 count. And then he goes again, maybe gets four reps. Racket, 20 seconds, maybe gets one or two more reps. Take that total just like you would in a DC set and move on forward with that. And let me ask you this too then, just to be clear so that, because I have no idea what he's doing either rep range wise. uh, I want to hear from you guys, what would be the minimal reps that you would do in a set with that kind of weight, just period? Tell you what, if he's nervous already about injury, that is a, pretty bad sign right there like if he is like i'm pretty concerned that makes me concerned because it's already in your mind if he injures himself he's gonna be like i fucking knew it versus you're just banging you're banging everything feels good and then all of a sudden you have an injury those are two but what if he's doing like 500 for four reps is that okay that's what i'm saying no no no, hell no okay honestly if he's concerned (laughs) i wouldn't be under 10 i wouldn't i don't know let me me ask you though okay okay about the concern things because because i feel what you're saying now being my age now when I was a 22, 25, 26, 27, like I was absolutely scared to get under six plates on a squat. Like absolutely like this might not come back up, even though my warm up sets were going good leading up to it, you know, but it was like, like the, the, the anxiety, even well, it started the night before the anxiety, the tension of like, okay, I did five plates and three quarters and two and a half last time. Now I got to do five plates and three quarters and a five on each side. Like, and I got, Nine reps last time. I got to get nuts. You know what I mean? Just the mental things you go through. I was absolutely scared because that weight can hurt someone very bad, big time. But it wouldn't have allowed me to do that weight if I didn't respect that fear. You know mm, what I mean? Sure. Okay. But, but I mean, it also depends. S- I would never do that today, though. Right. So it depends where he's at in his training age. and That's where I was going because – and I don't want this to sound like bravado because I'm not like that. But I will say this. Until I had injuries – 
I didn't battle with anxiety or fear of, I had this very bizarre, like, you know what? If I fucking eat this shit, I eat it and I dump it. I don't give a fuck. Like pull it off me. I don't care. It was only after I had injuries Hmm. then the anxiety that's a good point man oh my god i can fucking eat this like this could just crush my shit and fuck me up so Mm -hmm. it's two different perspectives one's not right one's not wrong i get where you're coming from but i can't relate to the anxiety from just a heavy standpoint without or until i started to have injuries i didn't i didn't have it i almost fucking invited like i can't i if I failed, I knew that I could not have gone any further. I'm not saying you were thinking otherwise. Like I said, it's not it's not false bravado. It's just that I almost wanted to fucking eat it because then I knew that I couldn't have come. You know out where of your it. limit was? Yeah, you know like I could. Then I knew that there wasn't one more in the tank. There's nothing else I could have done. Yeah, that sort of shit. But it was after the injuries. Man, fuck that. After the injuries, I'm like, yeah, this shit hurt. I had I got a shit in the shower standing up. This is all fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like any of this bullshit. Because, you know, you once you shit in the shower, shower the shit is sh- in the shower still. <laughs> oh, you oh, got to get rid of it. Shower? That's why you're. Yeah. That's why you and your wife aren't on the same like place. Victoria and I are now. Where like you said, like it gets old. Eventually, I'm going to shit in the shower. Is what you're telling me. Yeah, yeah, and, then, and then, and then, and that's where that that's where the honeymoon phase ends, huh? Yeah, once you, I guess once if you shit in the shower. I would love to follow up on this one if he gives us a little more detail. How old yeah. is he? Yeah. Has he had a major injury in his life? Yep. You know, how long has he been training? Because, you know, five What are the rep ranges? Is, what are the rep ranges? That's a key yep. one. The, w- yep. what, what rep range would you say would be minimum if you're already starting to think? If I'm already starting to think, I don't know that I'm going to drop below 15 unless it's maybe a 12. Mm. Okay. I You get down close to 10, and that is... If you're already worried, that is some heavy shit. And he's got good. I mean, the tempo's good. You got a three-second... Yeah. You know, three-second negative, he's pausing and everything else. It's not like he's just going in there and banging. But here's the catch. How many times do you see a torn muscle happen on the positive part of a movement? It happens on the negative. Hmm. Kid did that in our Taurus quad the other day at the gym. Oof. It's young you see guy, it on young the bench, guy. you see it on the incline, you see it on leg press, you see it it ninety percent of the time it's happening. On the on the negative, yeah. And I just right. there was just part of me that was hoping. I'm like, oh god, I hope he's not doing like 500 for five or something like yeah. that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and then in that case, though, if he is doing 10 or 12, then what you're talking about, Andrew, I think is a hell of a plan. Like, learn to make the weight harder. In fact, he probably wouldn't need 500 to to make to make that exercise harder. He could probably do a little bit less. I would always start back with less. I, I would yeah. pull 20% off and start over yeah. again with that new difficulty in place and yeah. see if you can get back to that same strength level using that new difficulty. Yeah, uh, That's a lot of tissue that you're going to gain there in, in that in that sense. Um, and not only that, but when you drop back, tell me you're not crippled <laughs> sore. Yeah, yeah. Crippling yeah. soreness from the change, the, yeah. the, the, the better control. The be- it's just night and day. Night and day. The other thing I I think Dante would say, um, because I've had this discussion with them, is um, on this exercise in particular, do your leg press first Mm. and do do like a 20 rep Widowmaker and then go and do your heavy squat stuff and see if you can still do that five plates for whatever reps we're talking about here. Shout out to Lake you know. Press. Underrated. You know, there's there's one more thing that I have to throw in, too. What is he getting? And I'm curious on his feedback on this as well. Is he concerned and scared because of, say, knees or quads? Or is he concerned and scared because of lower back? Mm. 
I think he's concerned because it's 500 pounds and once yeah, you maybe, get north but, of right but you see what number, I'm saying like if there's a weak link and you're in his lower back is weak and that his lower back is taking the brunt of it where he's maybe feeling it more there back is super fucking tight pumped there might be a little bit of pressure versus his knees are killing him or he feels it throughout his quad tendons or something there too there I mean shit I get what you're saying because you know 500 pounds or whatever the yeah. if you're worried about it getting injured you're worried about getting injured I, but I'd I be curious if, if there was a past injury too I, I don't think he has an injury I'm, I'm gonna go on a limit I, I bet he started this exercise at like 315 or 365 he's mm-hmm. made these 10 15 pound jumps every week and he's just like okay I didn't expect to get up 150 200 pounds over where I was with the exact same form at the same rep ranges like yeah when does this end and there's got to be a point where the muscle is going to give. So I just think yeah. there's that healthy respect for, for what he's doing, you know? So it's kind of like, will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. <laughs> okay. yeah, so like, All right. We've got a few YouTube questions. Let me see if I can grab these things, throw them up here. Uh, hey guys, love the show. Thanks for all you do. Question for the next one. I don't, and I don't know what this is. Skips S C G S compound. Is that, insulin or something else genuinely curious and would love to know unless it's a skip coaching secret what what is scgs super compensation glycogen oh, storage compound thank yeah. you that's right that's right yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's been a while insane. since i heard that the reason i use the acronym is because with elite fts it's written into our contracts that we cannot discuss drug compounds but you push and, it and you do anyway but yeah, you make up a well, you name. find a way and when you <laughs> find a way they're okay with that way as long as you're not directly discussing you know a specific company and i and i said when i wrote it that's why he's asking and he's probably asking here versus after the article around elite is um it it i can't i I can't say what it is. And if you don't know, I even said this, if you don't know what it is, don't ask me because you don't have any business using it anyway. And this isn't a shot at him. He just wants to know if that's what, but what I didn't want was I didn't want people going, Oh, this is, this is a secret. I got to find out what this is. And then they find out that it's insulin. And then they're like, Oh, I got to do that because Skip is talking about it. Yeah. So I basically said, if you don't know what it is, don't, don't fuck with it. Don't mess with it. Don't pay any attention. Move on. But yeah, are you saying that maybe you go back through the intense muscle forums and and maybe uh, pick up some yeah. gems there about what you're talking about? Sure, exactly. I mean, if you think about it, because I laid out the acronym. I mean, I yeah. maybe not specifically later on, but mm-hmm. when I first started talking about SCGS, I did say supercompensation glycogen storage compound. It kind of is self-explanatory in the sense that. You, if you know insulin, you know that's what it does. Supercompensates glycogen storage. So, but yeah, that's what it is. All right, let's see if we can rapid fire a few of these. Andy has one for us from YouTube. He says, uh, "Question for the next show: uh, How do you manage water retention from GH? Dosage is five units on training days, split into two doses, AM and post workout, and also using insulin at five units after meal one and after my post workout." Um, I get severe elbow pain, almost like tendinitis when I get a pump during doing heavy push movements, uh, making the rest of my workout painful. Is this a result of water retention in the joint? Um, Is there anything I can do to reduce it outside of reducing the dosage or coming off completely? Thanks for all the advice. 
Scott, greeting, great meeting you at Fit Expo. That's right. Cool. It's cool. It was so cool over there. I don't know if I told you guys much about it, but some people did tell me that BSG was their favorite show in England, literally all the way around the world. Nice. Yeah, it was Very cool. cool. It was cool. Very cool. How to how do manage mitigate, water retention. Yeah. How do you mitigate water retention? Do you Here's, change your GH to one that doesn't make you retain as much water? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, if you, I have yet to find someone using Serostim that, oh, the water retention, the water retention. Um, I have yet to find, there's a very, very few and far between when you're using a Humatrope or a Geno or a Nordotropin. My point here is real GH, pharma GH does not seem to have these issues like some of the stuff that I'm seeing, you know, the black tops, the green tops, the whatever mm -hmm. tops. Uh, I mean, well, answer me this, guys. Do you run GH right through the show or do you pull it? I pull it. It depends. How, how far out would you pull it? Seven to ten days. Seven, I think, sometimes for some people is pushing it. But okay. I, I feel that the benefits for the last seven to ten days, it just isn't. You use it more for leanness. You can talk about the impact with fullness and everything else, but it's not helping you much with fullness if you're holding water. I don't want to battle with it. And it depends on the type. It depends on the dosage. I've heard it's something about a di the dimer in um, the generics. I don't know enough about it, to be honest with you, but I do know this. I can't touch a black top. I will blow the fuck up and can't sleep because both arms from the shoulder to the hand, I, I, and you can't, I can't just like move them. I have to get up and walk around like three times a night it's, oh, it's horrible so for me it's more the type that i'm using versus dosage because i even tried to drop the dosage it just didn't work i fucking quit using it doesn't have something to do with uh, anti-diuretic hormone um vasopressin it, it it could it certainly could but when you when i change see see there may be something to that, but at the same time, when I changed GH, then I didn't hold as much water. So it could be argued, yes, the one that held the most water was stronger. <clears throat> so in a sense, you're kind of changing the the dosage. But I don't. What's a what's dimer? I'm told. I've been told that it's something to do with dimer. That the dimer is different in the GH for one than the other. I don't know. Isn't it a, isn't it a coding protein? Honestly, I think a dimer is. And it was even explained to me, and I literally thought they were talking in Chinese. I'm like, I, that's way above my pay grade. <laughs> yeah, well, Scott goes, Ken, that's racist, dude. About the black tops. <laughs> it's only the black tops, those damn black tops. I have um, a client that's using, before this, he's used Kefi uh, GH, which I am extremely confident in. That was I mean, a good one. Confident in it since 2013. <laughs> And uh, he he didn't get a lot of bloating from that. He ended up getting uh, GH from his doctor. He's using Pfizer. And let me tell you what, that Pfizer bloats the shit out of him. Like we couldn't use it during contest prep because I couldn't even tell if he was losing weight, like, you know, losing fat. Like you literally, he was just bloat from head to toe. Well, then I guess well, it has to come down to individual genetic variability in response to... Um, well, maybe the dimer that you're referring to, or there, there's got to be some individual genetic variability with how individuals process growth hormone. Yeah. 
Yeah, so you're not going to be, I mean, can we agree? You really, you're not going to be able to counter it in any way as far as if you have real bad, <clears throat> excuse me, water retention, you know, I'm not, I know I'm not going to advise someone to counter that yeah. with any type of yeah. diuretic or anything. Diuretic. But you, you make a good point about vasopressin. I just don't know that it would, I don't know. It, it, mm, that's because it changed for me when I changed the, uh, the type that I use. And I know the couple that I, I use and I never have a problem with it. Have you, have you used Serostim? No, I have not. Oh my God. This Ken, this is a missing link. <clears throat> you could have been pro. Uh, you could have been pro by now. It, it you realize that 20 something times already by now. And the only thing is, is, um, and I'm not going to say it on here. When we're done, I'll tell you why I haven't used right. it. Oh, <laughs> oh, don't worry, guys. I'll record it and I'll air it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> It'll make a whole lot of sense real quick. All right. All right. I guess it comes down to anything, though. If you're using a compound, it makes you look worse. Don't use it. Yeah. Right? Don't use it. Dimer. Scott, go, oh, says, two GH molecules stuck together. What did I say it was? Is it, is it a. Okay. All right. I was a little off. Thank God we have yeah. someone smart on the podcast that's not even on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It makes total sense that he's not on the podcast, doesn't it? Completely logical. He has to exactly. chime in as a listener to answer He floats around. Yeah, he floats around all the shows and it's just like, oh, guys, shit. you can't put this out. I, you have to get this part right. It's like, I don't Correcting really want to watch everything. the podcast tonight, but I know there's going to be questions that they can't answer and I got to help them out so they don't get stuck. <laughs> yeah, yes. All right, let me see. I think I might have one more question here. Um, and it was, it was about, yeah, was there one more? Oh, we had a couple more. All right, a couple more. Got one from Chris here. Uh, question for the next show. Uh, how do you mitigate high hematocrit and hemoglobin during blast, especially with EQ? Um, I self-phlebotomize, but it can be a nuisance. I've heard uh, in, in, I don't know that drug, Enelophil, Enelopril, and oh, Telesmartin, uh, possibly lower both, but no concrete evidence. Tomosartan will work. I've seen it. I mean, I use it with people, and it does work. Um, blood pressure as well. Also has an effect on blood sugar. But, um, you know, you can uh, – I think the stuff we talked about before, you know, make sure you're doing your injections more frequently versus bolus dose injections. There's research showing that that works. Um, what was the other one I just had in my mind? Oh, IP6. Um what was the, the question was uh, hematocrit, right? Hematocrit, hemoglobin <laughs> while on cycle. My thought is like, make sure you come off between cycles, get your test levels down to a reasonable level and let yourself clear out. I think that that's been one of the main things I'm seeing guys not doing in recent years, cruising on, you know, TRT plus, and then they, it, 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 you're never going to get it down if it's already high then. Yeah. So that's my, yeah, point. but the older demographic though, I can tell you there's a huge, huge difference between being, cause you know, I've been on drugs forever. I'm a professional drug user. Um, there's a huge difference between the older demographic and the younger demographic in the sense that even if you're coming off and your markers reset, I mean, I can reset in eight weeks without, any problem they can go from high to fine but then when i go back on within six weeks they're high again go back 15 years i could be on for three years straight maybe longer and not have not be out of high normal range at any point while on so there is an age and i've seen it 
over I've just seen it client after client after client based on age. It's kind of like dry. I liken it to drinking. When you're younger, the body is so resilient. You can drink and the next day you go into the gym and you can hammer and you have a good workout. Now, you know, when you're in your 40s, you go have drinks and you go to train the next day and you feel like death. The body just isn't as resilient. And and I think that's a lot of what happens with blood volume, blood viscosity, and those numbers when you're on gear, when you're, uh, as you get older. So mm-hmm. my point is just that if you're, even if you're clearing out and your numbers are down and then you go back on, you can be right back. Some guys, even just on TRT, will be yeah. uh, slightly out of range. And it's like, holy shit, that would suck. I think a lot, bigger problem too is that even when guys do go off, it's like always for eight weeks. And sure, the numbers are going to look better, but it's like you haven't actually had any time where they're good for a while. You know what I mean? Like you just barely turn the dial so it's below, you know, normal or it's in normal. And then, oh, we're back right back on again. But you don't know about it again for another 15 weeks till you do your bloods again. Yeah. You, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, just to be clear, so though, I, just, clear I didn't want to give the implication that I was off for eight weeks. I know I get your point, but I mean, I'm just saying. I'm I not talking about you. I'm not, I'm not talking oh, about okay. you. I'm, okay. I was just I'm, saying I'm I could reset about... in eight weeks, but I wouldn't go back on right away. No, no, no. I, I'm just saying whatever the issue, whether it's, you know, HDL, um, you know, mm-hmm. whatever the issue is. Oh, okay. I got my labs tested at the end of my cycle and I tested eight weeks later and they're just barely normal or almost normal. Now I'm safe to go back on. It's like, well, they haven't actually, you haven't had an extended period of time with them in that good normal range. So you're literally just turning that dial right back up. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll leave it at that, but. Okay. I don't know if you guys will have a good answer for this last one, but, uh, I'll be interested to hear what you have to say. Uh, Colton says a, uh let's see a show a show going over the best peaks they have had with clients and what they did would be so cool andrew if you do three or four i'll do one <laughs> this is top secret information guys yeah now exactly. here's the thing I, and i think we'll all agree the best peaks are when somebody you get somebody bone dry peeled they, they hit that point by 10 or 12 days out. So then you're just literally coasting in. And in, in my case, what I like to do is right around eight days, I just start to titrate the carbs up yes. and monitor. Titrate the carbs up a little bit more and monitor. What do you and mean by I'll monitor? Is, uh, wait, I mean, they're, they're doing check-ins usually twice a day at that point. Twice a day. So, okay. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. So like first thing what I'm looking for in the morning is has their weight gone up over their fasted weight the day before? So quite often what you'll see when you start doing this is their weight will go down those first few days because their metabolism will start to crank up a little bit now. Right. Yeah. So then you reach a point where they actually are maintaining that saturation of, of carbohydrates. Let's say, let's say you start a guy at like, you know, eight days out at, you know, he's 250 grams of carbs. He's in, he's in great shape. Um, you know, maybe the next day you're going to go 300 grams of carbs and he's down a half pound. Okay. Now you're going to go plus, uh, you're going to go 400 grams of carbs. He's still down a little bit. The next day you're right about 450 grams of carbs, but he's up a pound. He's starting to fill out a little bit. <clears throat> Excuse me. You're starting to see um, that detail start to come out a little bit more from there. You can kind of just play it. Like what's the best look. And typically what I like to do is try to get them at their fullest usually by Thursday afternoon. And then I kind of start to wean the food back just a little bit. So let's say they started the week at 300 grams of carbs. We get them up to 600 grams of carbs, just experimenting with numbers here, get them up to 1600 grams of carbs on Thursday. But then right around Thursday afternoon, I'll say, okay, um, 
let's actually pull your last two meals. Let's cut those carbs in half. Friday, we'll probably do a little bit more of a moderate day, something like 400 or even 300. And then you start to see the water come right off. They're maintaining the fullness they're, uh, because they're not training. They're not expending that energy. But now the water's coming off. And you, usually that's the best peak for me. You don't really even have to use diuretics. Um, and keep water. I actually like to keep water in. Um, you Fairly high. Probably higher than most. I hear about some coaches that pull water on Wednesday, you know, almost no water Thursday, some no water Friday, and then they do the show. I, I personally couldn't live that way. And and yeah, I, would, I don't know how I they can somebody. remain full and have detail. But yeah, now I'm going to go the other yeah. way just because one of the other way, and I certainly have used a similar process that way too. And for some people that works great, but um, there are other people too. I've had a lot of success with drying them out first and then coming into once they are dry, then adding, not adding water back in, but adding more fluid on whether it be thursday or friday and adding carbs back in and going up from there hmm. that way it's kind of the opposite approach in the sense that where you're filling out first and then drying this mm -hmm. approach is more drying and then filling out it's it may seem a little bit more riskier to people who don't have experience doing it that way because they're like well you're adding in water and there comes a point where if you add too much water then you can get but it I guess because I've I used to do that. So I used to times. do that. Like I, I used to always do that, Skip. And then, and then I started really subscribing to the idea of like that you got to have the water to move the carbohydrates and all that. And I started. It's changed for me a lot. I, I and I've wondered like about going back to that because it worked really good. You can get people still really full and really dry too. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. The only way you can in, the only t time that it really will fuck up is if you don't get enough water. Yeah. And if, mm -hmm. you know, if your client doesn't trust you enough to be able to get that water in and they kind of panic or they hold out on you and they don't do it oh, and they don't yeah. execute, you're going to be in a world of shit because all the food in the world isn't going to fill you out much at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Essentially, if you're dry, you're relying on that water can only, if you're not drinking it, you're not drinking it, it can only come from one place. It has to come sub Q. It's not going to pull from your organs. Yeah. You're, yeah. Your, you yeah. know, your bodily functions come first and you're yeah. not drinking enough. So it's not going to come from that. You only have a very small amount of water or should sub Q to be able to pull. It's not going to be enough to fill you out much. You have to add water back in at the point. The nice thing is, is with adding the water back in, you can see a change in a physique in 15 minutes of mm -hmm. adding yep. some water back in. And it's a very easy, if you're careful and you have the experience to do it, it's a very easy process. The other catch is then you go all night, Friday night, if the show is on Saturday, and you typically will wake up slightly flat Saturday morning, the day of the show. So you obviously have to then play the water and get the water back in with a little bit of you know food on the morning of the show, too, and food being carb sodium uh, primarily um, you know, to be able to make sure that they remain full going into the morning but typically people will have anywhere from three to five or six hours on a saturday morning before they hit the stage to be able to make those last final adjustments but when you have to add food in because they're not full enough that takes a lot longer than just adding if they just need fluid if they're mm. flat from it and that's the part that people without experience competitors who don't have experience they don't know if they're flat because of a lack of water or if they're flat from a lack of food carbohydrate basically because they don't have <coughs> excuse me um the capacity to load enough glycogen hmm. i'll be honest i don't pull water as much as i used to like when i first started coaching 
I, I, like years ago, I, I would just by default pull water. Like, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I would always have my water pulled and it was what everybody did. And then it got to a point where like, I remember getting lean enough that like we didn't need to pull water at all. Mm-hmm. And I feel like over time I stopped. I oh, Here's what I discovered. Over time, the more I've pulled water, the more I've just seen people go flat. And that the more people I've had to have, like we need a lot of water to keep them going. And that I guess, and you know, maybe, and I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's like that I'm getting people leaner now today. But literally compared to like 10 years ago, I hardly ever cut water anymore. There's still like, there's still a good amount of fluids, you know, even the day of the show. We might control it more like the day of the show, especially. But because even like, here's what I've seen is like, even my guys that wake up looking really good and peeled in the morning, if they're drinking like three gallons or two and a half gallons of water by nighttime, they don't look the same. You know what I mean? So, and I guess I'm just saying this out of just for the sake of, you know, picking your guys's brains or, you know, hearing your thoughts on that. But yeah, I just feel like more so now, and I don't know what I'm doing different with it, but if I pull water, they go flat. I mean, we're still getting like real dry and crisp, but you know, the, I don't know what the difference is compared to like years ago when it was like, here, take a diazide, you know? I think well, I think it was far more. You get, you're getting accepted. people leaner. Yeah. But I also think, I think it was far more accepted to that protocol of, um, you know, pulling water and using diazides. Yeah. It, it was pretty much a main protocol. Yeah. But here's yeah, the only thing I would was. counter with that is this there are two main types of competitors or, or clients who are competitors. There are the ones who carry body fat very um, evenly, and they seem to be more genetically gifted in the sense that, you know, people think genetically gifted, oh, it has to do with muscle and everything. It has to do with everything. It has to do with body fat distribution and everything else. So as an example, I sometimes will have, and you guys probably do too, but where you have clients where they're in crazy condition, but let's say because they're older, they have soft skin around their hips or lower back or even glutes for that matter. And I'm not talking about they're carrying a a lot of body fat in that area, but they're so fucking lean everywhere else that taking them even leaner is just literally flattening the fuck out and making them emaciated Mm -hmm. in a situation like that. Manipulating water correctly can make them look absolutely fucking insane versus taking them down and just yeah, literally trying to you just, you know, so it's kind of it i mean it's still arguably body fat but it's almost like loose skin yeah yes yeah absolutely well, and i would and think with of that this. older demographic oh, oh, who's not as genetically gifted that will happen and i'm gonna be honest with you I have gotten to that point over the last four or five years where I have a feeling that if I'm to step back on stage, I'm not going to have much of a choice because I would have Mm. to give up so much to get that last couple percent off that because of my background and knowledge of being able to manipulate water, it's going to be my best, my best option. That makes sense. Yeah, and I just those are those, and I think sometimes that's the difference. And I don't want to say people are genetically gifted because they can get shredded. All I'm saying is, you're not. There's still a gift, a genetically gifted component where if you have this this area that is just not. Yeah, here's another example: older guys who have they get so lean and so dry that they have loose abdominal skin. 
yep. because that's another thing. And I tell my clients, they're like, how am I going to get around this? Like, we're going to have to literally err on the side of having you so full that maybe you're not as dry as you would be if you were 15 years younger because the look just won't be as good. And you have to give up a little bit of condition in a situation like that. Otherwise, you got old guy skin and it's going to be seen by everybody, the judges, the competitors, the pictures, everything. So there sometimes those things have to be factored in. That's not the the large majority of the time, but sometimes things like that do happen and you have to work around those special not a cage but special situations too oh yeah all right listen let's wrap this thing up this is a hell of a show we had a lot of really good stuff i appreciate you guys this is uh this is like this program has evolved this is definitely the i know skip you like blood sweat and gear but people so many people identify with the bodybuilding coaching podcast now could still be both it can it is the it's the bsg <laughs> bodybuilding coaching podcast it's not too many words no but if it's an acronym that they don't know what bsg means i don't know it's generic to me that's all it is it's just a, oh yeah I think because i've always related to blood sweat and gear that's all i have this like i like that moniker i like that oh yeah it's blood sweat and blood gear. sweat that's and gear yeah yeah get this guy some trend already yeah. <laughs> Plus, guys, you guys don't know that Skip actually has a blood, sweat, and gear tattoo on his back, don't you? <laughs> of the, remember the cat? The cat on, on the cheeks. Remember the cat with the cheek. with the gun, riding yeah. the horse oh, yeah. or running the unicorn? Riding yeah. the unicorn. Actually, I had a listener who Matt Marshall. Check this out. I think there was a comment that took a shot at me for Trent a couple weeks ago, didn't he? Someone did. He something made this about for me. He had this made for like, me. What the fuck does oh, that mean? Like, I, I think it was a joke because uh, I think you were ranting about something. It was a joke. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Look at that. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's we had to stop special. using that. It was a copyright infringement on a beer company or something. <laughs> <laughs> they stole that, actually, I think. It was it was like it an was. internet it meme, a, you know? It was a beer yeah. company, a small micro. I think beer. I think they used it, though. I don't think they oh, were they the originators. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was like a big internet thing. Anyway, we appreciate everybody who's watching the show. Uh, guys, you can reach out to Andrew for coaching. Go to bodyberry.com. You can reach out to Skip for coaching. Go to teamskip.com. Hit me up over at mcnallydiets at gmail.com for coaching. And of course, go to our great sponsors. Talk about them all the time. TrueNutrition.com. Use our code THINK. And go to supplementsource.ca if you're in Canada. Get your effort journey over there because it's time to get into shape for another episode of Blood, Sweat, and Gear with Skip Hill and Andrew Berry. Guys, we'll see you soon. And leave us questions for the next show. Thanks, guys. 